0: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit world. world. Coming to you all the way from Ireland. It's Sandy Byrne. This is Sandy, host of the Life After Life podcast. I want to invite you to become a patron of the podcast. For just five euro per month, you will get ad free content, video episodes, exclusive events and discounts throughout the year as a thank you for your support. Check out the link to my Patreon page in the description box attached, or go to Patreon and search for Life After Life with Sandy Byrne. Hey, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. Now, in this episode, I want to talk about the very serious topic of suicide. OK, but first and foremost, I want to point out that these are just some personal thoughts based on my years of dealing with the loved ones who have been left behind. I am not a counsellor and nothing that I say is considered professional advice, okay? I just wanna talk about it because so many people are dealing with the loss of a loved one by suicide every single day, and yet people still feel uncomfortable talking about it. You know, suicide and death itself, they're very normal parts of life. Nobody wants to experience them, you know, obviously. But death is a certainty. The only variable here is how we die. And some people will choose their own time to leave. It's inevitable. Years ago, before I did the mediumship full time, years ago, I used to work in education. And because we worked mostly with younger adults, you know, late teens, early 20s, there was obviously a lot of training involved. And I know that suicide can happen at any age, but I think we can all agree that we tend to watch for it more in people in this age range. So one of the trainings that I did was Suicide First Aid. It was a training on how to deal with someone presenting to you as being in danger of taking their own lives. Now, I won't be going into all the details here. I'm not a qualified trainer. But one of my huge takeaways from the day that still sticks with me, you know, it's always in my head, um, and something that I always think about when dealing with families, is the language that we use around suicide. In particular, our tendency to say that someone committed suicide. Now, I was born in the 1970s, I too grew up saying this, and it still sometimes slips out But I try and be mindful about what I'm saying because I know here in Ireland, I'm sure in many countries around the world, suicide is no longer illegal. You know, it was once upon a time. So because it's no longer illegal, it's not possible to commit suicide anymore. You don't commit suicide in the same way that you can commit burglary or commit murder. So when you are talking to someone who has been bereaved by suicide, please bear this in mind, because they are already dealing with their loss. So for us to accuse their loved one of a crime on top of that can be soul destroying, okay? So if you think of it, please try to refer to the passing as someone who has died by suicide or who is a victim of suicide or someone who's lost to suicide. You know, it's really important, and even using that old language of committing suicide, it immediately invokes in our minds something that's wrong. It's a, something that, you know, you shouldn't do, okay? Um, and that's not necessarily the case, okay? Um, you know, I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but it's, it's not like committing a crime Okay, and, you know, that can be very hurtful for the family. And it's something else, you know, it's something I think that blocks the communication around the whole subject. So now, one of the big questions that people ask about their loved ones that have died by suicide is where do they go? Okay, and the answer to that question, it's really, really simple. They go to the spirit world with all of their loved ones. There is no separate place for them. They're just like the rest of us, only that they have chosen their time to leave. Now, I'm gonna go down a little rabbit hole here for a minute, if you bear with me, because I have a small theory about death by suicide. And you may not believe me, and you may think I'm wrong, that's fine, okay? But I don't think that anyone dies when it isn't their time. I believe that when it's our time to go, that we will leave this earth in any way that we can. Okay, but I do believe that we may have several exit points. So for example, if I were, and I say God forbid, if I were to crash my car tomorrow and be seriously injured and almost die, is that a possible exit point for me, but somehow that I managed to avoid it? You know, and when I say I'm saying that even I'm, you know, thinking of, you know, when I was younger and I was first driving and, you know, maybe tended to drive a little bit faster, took a corner too fast. You know, were all those, you know, almost moments, you know, are they, you know, exit points and, you know, I was reading an article. OK, so here's an example for you, because I was reading an article that was on Facebook this week. I just came across it. I'm a terrible scroller in bed at night. I know I should leave it outside the door, but I don't. But I saw an article about one of the scenes that was in the movie Titanic. I'm sure you've all seen or the majority of you, of you will have seen the Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Kate Winslet version. And in that movie, there is a scene of a father on the deck with his little boy. And the little boy is playing with you know, a spinning wheel or a spinning top, whatever you want to call it. So this scene was actually recreated from an original photograph that was taken on board the actual Titanic. Okay, somebody had a a camera. Okay, a young boy of six was traveling with his mother, father, and their nanny to America. Not their nanny, but the little boy's nanny, nurse nanny, whatever you wanna call it. They were traveling to America to live. They were immigrating. And this picture was taken Um, on board uh, while the father was out walking with the little boy and the little boy was playing with his spinning top. But all members of that particular uh, family or their little party, they all survived the sinking of the Titanic. But just two years later, while living in America, the little boy ran out on the road after his ball and he was knocked down and subsequently died. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. Did that little boy miss one of his exit points? I mean, he was obviously destined to die young. So did he miss an exit point the night that the, the Titanic sank only to, um, you know, meet another exit point just a couple of years later? Because he was still very young. He was still only about eight or nine years old when he did die. And I think I read in the article, uh, this is from memory now, that, you know, his death... Was one of the first um, road traffic uh, fatalities. I think it was in the state of Florida. I would have to look that back up. But anyway, my point is valid: that you know, he 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 escaped death the night of the Titanic, but he he met it later. And you know, I was watching um, a documentary on television um, a few years ago, and it was about the 9-11 um, attacks on the twin towers in New York City. Okay, you know, the ones that fell after the planes crashed into them. So there was an Italian lady who was due to fly home on the day of the crashes. But because she had a bad feeling, you know, a premonition, if you like, you want to call it that, of something bad happening in the air, she refused to fly that day. And she flew home to Italy a week or two later, a week or two after the whole 9-11 thing only to be killed in a car crash on her way home from the airport. So somebody collected her from the airport and they were both killed on the way home. So was, you know, the whole plane thing, was that an exit point that she missed only, you know, for death to catch her again two weeks later? Okay, so my point here is that I do believe that if it's your time to go, that something will happen to take you. But if you exhaust all of your exit points or opportunity, does this leave you with just suicide? I don't know. Okay. Um, it's just a thought that I've had for a long time, because don't forget that some people survive suicide attempts. So clearly they were not meant to leave at that particular time. And there is um, a video on YouTube and I would actually link it below. Um, in the description box attached here of a young man and he's one of only like a handful of people that survived jumping off of the the golden gate bridge is that the one in san francisco i'm so bad with names but the bridge in san francisco i think it's called the golden golden gate bridge even though i think it's red. but anyway um yeah and he survived he hit the water but he survived And I think there's only like three or five people in all the years that it's been in existence that have survived. And he talks about it and he tells his story. And it is really interesting and not to upset anybody who's lost someone by suicide. But he does mention, and as I say, I'll link it below, um, that the minute he let go of the railing on the bridge, he regretted his decision. You know, immediately he knew he'd made the wrong decision. But at that point, it was too late. He was falling, you know, so that can happen, too. Now, something else that I have found from connecting with some people who have passed by suicide is that they seemed to be surprised that the worries or the anxieties that they were feeling here on Earth hasn't left them. Now, I'm not going to say that this is the case for everyone that dies by suicide, just that I have come across quite a few because if you think about it, this is actually very, a very rational thought because we don't lose who we are when we die. People come through um, to me with the same personalities, the same character traits, the same memories. Therefore, isn't it logical that they would also have the same memories of the anxieties and the worries that they had when they were here? Now, absolutely and without question, they will receive so much more support in the spirit world than they do here. And they don't even have to open up and tell others what they're dealing with. Because in spirit, our guides automatically know what we're thinking. So for them to be able to help seems really, really logical. Okay? Now, when we think about suicide, we have to remember that our concern lies not only with the deceased, but with those left behind. Because I see grieving families on a daily basis, but no matter how much time has passed since the death, there is always the question of why. You know, especially um, when we talk about suicide. And no matter what answers you can get from a counsellor, other bereaved families, or even mediums, this question of why will never be answered. And the possibilities of the why are infinite. Why did you do it? Why didn't you talk to me? Why now? Why couldn't you stay? Why couldn't you see past this? You know, and so on and so many whys. Now, personally, I haven't lost a family member to suicide. And I do hope that that never happens. But, you know, there's people that I've grown up with, people that I lived around Ireland. You know, most of our towns and cities are very small communities. So everybody knows somebody who has died by suicide. And I have spoken to a lot of families and I have watched and I've read a lot to try and prepare myself for dealing with those bereaved by suicide. And one of the analogies I read that I, I liked this one in particular. It was someone describing living after suicide like riding a roller coaster in the dark. So one minute you're going along okay and the next minute the bottom falls out of your world. And you're falling but unable to stop yourself. You know and you don't even know what the trigger is. It could be the mention of a name, a memory, an anniversary. Anything at all can bring you right back there. Because the pain, it's always there. And a lot of families tell me that they feel guilty. And I'm not saying nobody here should feel guilty, but no matter what happens for the rest of your life, the thought that you might have been able to do something to stop this happening will always be on your mind. You know, it happens, you know, with other deaths too. I spent many years thinking, you know, even though I was only a teenager, when my relative was killed in a motorcycle accident, I had spent that week with him working on the motorbike, getting it ready for the race. So I was thinking, you know, could I have done something? Did I miss something? Did I do everything that he told me to do? You know, I think with every death there is, um, you know, some form of guilt. If someone dies in a car accident, do we wish we kept them talking for five more minutes? Would that have changed the course of their lives? Okay, so we shouldn't feel guilty, but we do. And there's also the guilt that we're still living, that we're moving on and that we're enjoying life. And people tell me all the time that one day they find themselves laughing about something and then they remember, you know, they remember that they've lost someone and immediately they feel guilty for enjoying themselves and laughing you know, after they've lost a loved one. And, you know, like anyone who has lost um, a loved one, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, all of those, you know, special days are difficult. However, those that have been bereaved by suicide always tell me that it's harder to accept because their loved ones didn't die in a car accident. They didn't die from cancer or some other form of illness. And I do think that if it were me, you know, and I'm touching wood while I'm saying that, I hope it never is. But I do think that if it were me, that this would be the hardest thing for me, that they chose to go. They made that decision to leave. And if you don't mind me saying, I have yet to meet a victim of suicide who tells me that they wanted to leave their family. And in fact, and don't take this the wrong way, but in fact, their family is normally the last thing on their mind before they go. All they're concentrating on at that moment is the pain that they are feeling and they want that pain to stop. It's not about you, it is about them. And the people that I have met, you know, they've had that realization that this was their loved ones You know, it was it was their loved ones' decision alone. Okay? And once they find, you know, once they come to that realization, it's like a weight being lifted off their shoulders. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong, you will always grieve, but there comes a point where if you're going to live, you have to acknowledge that you didn't do this. I met a lady, I mean, I've I've met so many people through my readings over the years, but I've met a lady who lost her son to suicide and she was visiting her son's grave one day when she met a neighbour in the graveyard, okay, and this neighbour turned to her and said, are you not over that yet? Because it was a couple of years since this lady's son had died by suicide. So the neighbour said, are you not over that yet? You know? I can almost hear you all gasping as I say that, okay? And I do want to give this person the benefit of the doubt, doubt. And I don't think that they, you know, meant to say it. I think that they may have been caught on the hop, you know, that they couldn't think of anything to say. And you know, sometimes things just fall out of our mouths. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna to say to you all, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Saying the wrong thing can be the worst thing that you could say, you know, to anyone who's grieving um, a loss, whether it's suicide or not, okay? But all people want you to do is be there. You know, I know a girl that I grew up with who's lost her son to suicide. And I just said to her, I don't know what to say to you because there's nothing that I can say to make this right okay I said to her I think it's better to just be quiet and tell you that I'm here if you need me there's nothing more that you can do guys you know it is what it is all they need to know is that you're there for them if they need to talk if they ever feel like they need um I mean you can't advise them but if they ever need someone to listen that you're there for them um I spoke to another mother Okay, who lost her son to suicide. And she lost her son to suicide in the same week that another young man from the community lost his life in an accident. And I think, you know, a week or two later, um, this mother overheard some women talking in the local shop. And they were saying, okay, and people can be very, very hurtful. These people women were talking in the shop and hadn't seen the mother, okay, in the next aisle or whatever. And they were saying that she had no right to grieve because her son had taken his own life. And all of their sympathies were going to the mother whose son died in an accident. Okay. There are always going to be people who will speak before they engage their brain okay don't be one of those people (laughs) but I will never understand it okay but we can only be responsible for ourselves and what we say and think and how we act any mother father grandparent uncle aunt cousin brother sister whatever uh, relative you are or friend or co-worker whatever who's lost somebody they don't care how they've lost that person the person is lost to them nobody has a right to grieve more than anybody else okay but people who are bereaved often talk about feeling like they're going through the process alone and this is why it's important to be there for them but not just be there for them let them know that you're there for them Especially when they have lost someone through suicide. Because unfortunately it's still a little taboo to talk about it. It really is. It's still considered dark if you like. But it's not. It's death. It's the same as if someone crashed a car or fell off a cliff. It's a sudden death. Except the bereaved are dealing with so much more than just the loss of their loved one because their lives are flipped over, never to be the same again, okay? Now I get that everybody who loses somebody, your life is changed, okay? It'll never be the same. But imagine, if you haven't been through it, imagine that you lost that person so close to you, but they'd chosen to go. And then you're like a fraction of the road to understanding what, you know, someone who has been bereaved through suicide is feeling. So if I go back to talking about the deceased for a minute, the victim of suicide, you know, we're always told, you know, that life is the biggest and greatest gift that anyone has ever received, okay? We are, we're told this all the time. Especially, you know, if you're religious, you might not be. But, you know, if you were religious, you've been raised in religion, um, especially Christianity, you know, it is the the greatest gift. And, you know, that Jesus died on the cross so that, you know, we could have this gift um, without sin and enjoy it and return to him, you know. Um, So the idea that someone would choose to give up their life, it's alien to most of us. And I think that this is why so many people find it difficult to talk about. Because we don't understand it. We've never had those suicidal thoughts. You know, or we thought that our loved one was happy. Or there was no indication that they were going to take their own lives. You know, all of these things are very, very hard to understand. And as I said before, it all comes back to the difficult realisation That someone made this choice and people feel that they are being left behind. But I'm going to tell you that you are not being left behind. If you've been bereaved by suicide, then remember that person made their decision based on what they were feeling. What they felt that they needed. It wasn't about you or about anything that you did or didn't do. You need to know, and here is your reminder, it's okay for you to go on with your life. It's okay for you to live again. It's okay for you to laugh again. And it's okay for you to be happy again. Because when your loved one made this decision, they didn't expect your life to stop. They didn't want you to spend the rest of your life unhappy. Trust me on this, guys. I have communicated with many people who have left this earth as a result of suicide. And I have yet to meet one soul who tells me that they did this because of anyone here. And in fact, the majority of people come back and tell me that they didn't feel like this world was for them. And that they are now finding their peace in the spirit world. I will say something to those of you who are looking to connect with someone who has passed by suicide. And that is to give them time. Because as I said before, we do bring our thoughts and our feelings with us to the spirit world. Okay. You know, we often talk about, well I talk all the time, about how, you know, we still love those people in spirit and they love us back. So if we talk about them bringing the emotion of love with them to the spirit world, you know, they can bring other emotions with them then. So the idea of them bringing their um, worries, their anxieties with them, you know, that shouldn't seem far-fetched. You know, we're not only reunited with our own loved ones in spirit, but we're assigned um, someone to help us You know, someone who has died in the same way or maybe faced the same challenges as us in life. OK, I'm not just talking about your loved ones, your own family or your guardian angels or your spirit guides or any of that. But literally someone who, you know, is seeking to develop within the spirit world. And maybe even if you think of it like they're doing their work experience to be a counsellor or maybe a spirit guide or whatever. But they will have died, you know, in the same way. So I love when a victim of suicide connects with me and it acknowledges who their helper or their, you know, new friend is and how that person is helping them to come to terms with how their life ended and why they made this decision and all of this. You know, because you know that they're finding their peace. Now, is there a way that we can stop people dying by suicide? I don't believe so. I believe that some people are meant to go earlier. And I think that this is one of the challenges that they agreed to when they agreed to their soul plan before they were reincarnated to this life. You know, suicide has been around since time began. There's evidence of it everywhere going back thousands of years. So no matter how much we think that we have improved as a civilization, we aren't going to be a perfect fit for everyone. Now, are there things that we can do to make our loved ones' lives easier? You know, absolutely and always. But the most obvious thing that we can do is to be there, be present in people's lives. And you know, we've gotten so used to technology that we don't always knock on somebody's door to see if they're all right. And you know, I include myself in this, I myself am guilty of this very thing. Someone can easily show themselves as being upbeat upbeat for a few minutes on the phone or on a video call. But when you're in the presence of someone, you know, sometimes things are different. It's more personal. We're more likely to open up you know, to who we're talking to and we're more likely to read their body language and their actions much clearer you know, than if we don't see them. Now, this isn't me blaming anyone for anything, but I'm just offering suggestions as to how we need to go back to basics in life to be more human instead of just talking heads. You know, here in Ireland, we have a high rate of suicide and particularly in young men in their, you know, late teens, early 20s. It does affect all ages. It absolutely does. But younger people are very at risk Because the prefrontal cortex of our brains, now that's the part of our brain which deals with high level reasoning and decision making, that part of our brain does not fully develop until your late 20s. And this may be why some of our youth make these emotional decisions so young without ever giving themselves a chance. And you know the Irish band U2, they wrote a song about this following the death of the in excess sing, um singer michael hutchins I might be showing my age here talking about this but michael hutchins was a singer of a, an australian band called in excess who were very big back in the 90s I think the late 80s early 90s and um michael took his own life in a hotel room and you two wrote a song called stuck in a moment um about that about him being stuck in a moment. Um, and it says you're stuck in a moment you can't get out of it and that's where a lot of people find themselves and you know this leads on to something else that I learned in my suicide first aid training so if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with someone who is considering suicide you know talk to them give them time Find out, you know, if you can get them talking about themselves, then find out one thing about them that can convince them to stay until you can get them to a proper qualified mental health expert. Whether that's, you know, their family, maybe they have children, a spouse, a partner, maybe their job, their car, maybe they have a dog or a cat or a guinea pig or something at home that's been left locked in and hasn't been fed. You know, anything that you know can make them stay um, for another few hours okay to talk them back from the ledge if you like that's the first aid part you can't cure them you can't force them you and you know in some cases you might just be postponing the inevitable but you have to try if the opportunity is there and my husband came across the scene not so long ago here in Ireland where um, a poor woman was on a bridge and um, she had intended to jump and take her own life. And a guy that was driving under the bridge in a lorry, he stopped the lorry so that, you know, if she did fall, she wouldn't fall too far. She would only fall onto the top of his lorry and not hit the, the concrete. And, you know, four other men got out of their cars and they managed to get her back in over the railing. You know, it's always worth that try you know I hope that that woman goes on and has a long life and someday that when she leaves this earth that she'll be surrounded by her family but if you can get someone past a moment there's a really good chance that they might stay they might not you know but you have to give that go if you like we need to talk more about mental health to those around us I live in a part of Ireland where the towns aren't so big, you know, that you would be seen walking into a counsellor's office or into a psychiatrist's clinic. And historically, this has stopped so many people from talking. But today we have online counselling. And, you know, it's the only thing that brought some of our loved ones through the pandemic over the last few years. Now, if you've lost someone to suicide, nothing that I can say will take that pain away. But I hope that knowing that they are with their loved ones in spirit and that they are being looked after gives you some hope that you will see them again one day. And you will. Okay. You will be able to shout at them in person and tell them that you will kill them for putting you through this. Okay. I don't mean to make light of your situation, but isn't that our first thought? I'm going to kill him or her as soon as I see them. Okay. If you have some thoughts on this or an experience that you would like to share with others, please do get in touch. This is a subject that I would love to cover more if it helps people to get talking so that this topic isn't stigmatized anymore. My contact details are in the description box attached. You know, you can can put a comment here or you can put a comment on any of my social media or just email me directly. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was just some of my thoughts and some of my experiences over the years. I just want to get the conversation started, okay? Please leave a comment or a rating on whichever platform that you are listening on as it gives other people a chance to find my little podcast. And I will see you in the next episode of Life After Life. So until then, take care and stay safe. Discussing everything about the afterlife And spirit world